Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell, and joining me, as always, on Mondays, Jason Cameron. Hey, Jason, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing even better because I was able to stay out of the disgusting weather that we're having. So I feel really good about that. Very positive. Very positive. Nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah, the rain just won't let up. So, uh, yeah, it's better to be inside and keeping warm, keeping dry. Um, I did that all weekend. I really just uh, went from the kitchen to the couch to the washroom to the couch. Uh, all uh, super wild card weekend. I uh, watched a lot of football, uh, a lot of intriguing matchups, a lot of great games. Um, I think we should kind of dive into the Seattle Rams game to start with, uh, being that there's so many Seattle fans around these parts of the world. And um, unfortunately for Seahawks fans, uh, they seem to come up with their worst effort of the season when it mattered the most. And the Rams' defense uh, was dominant. Uh, they took a 30-20 to 20 victory, um, upsetting the Seahawks and uh, snatching away that home field advantage that didn't really feel like home field advantage because there was not that 12th man at all, uh, nobody in the stands. Yeah, and that I, I think that might have actually hurt the Seahawks completely. Like, I, I really do because... Had to. Had to. Yeah, because that 12th man, that's that pumps you up, that gives you that extra oomph, that extra strength, that, that extra boost of morale to kind of persevere and see it through. The, the Seahawks, unfortunately, they could just never get on track. Uh, and a large part of that was due to the front center of the Rams. They controlled the line of scrimmage to the utmost extent, wow. dominated it, actually, dominated. Okay. Yeah, Russell Wilson, was, Russell Wilson was in trouble uh, pretty much the whole entire game. Uh, anytime he dropped back into pocket it just collapsed on him he was um yeah just having so much difficulty with that that uh, that offensive line and the they the uh, defensive line of the rounds was just so dominant uh even though uh aaron donald left the game hurt uh they still had guys stepping up and really giving him lots of trouble uh the only guy that really did anything the whole entire game was dk metcalf he got a couple touchdowns but um, they just needed more. They just weren't able to generate enough. And, and uh, I was surprised that the Rams were able to put, on, put 30 points up on the board because Wolford came in, played okay, but boom, he was out. Suddenly, Goff comes in. He's got the messed up thumb. He had just been, had it surgically repaired uh, a, week or, a week before that. And, um, yeah, he was able to, you know, come in and, and resurrect the offense. And, uh, get the victory for them. Uh, I was really quite surprised uh, that it turned out that way, especially losing their quarterback so quickly into the game. Yeah, because you, you would have thought that Seattle would have obviously had the advantage when they have Russell Wilson and these guys have like a surgically repaired Jared Goff that has to come in after Wolford takes a, a nasty, nasty hit, I believe, from Jamal Adams and just takes him right out of the game. And I think, I believe he actually had to go to the hospital after that. Yeah. So, so, yeah, man. So you're thinking to yourself, okay, okay. And then, and then the other thing is, Aaron Donald goes out. Then you're like, oh, man, okay, that's their best guy. We, yeah. we, we definitely have a chance. No, man, they didn't because the Seattle uh, offense could never get on track, and then penalties killed them all game. All game. Their penalties just completely severed any momentum. 
that they could have had going forward. Yeah, uh, even Cooper Cup went out with an injury. He had a knee injury. Um, yeah, they were just decimated with injuries, but they uh, they just had such a, an amazing performance for that defense. Uh, for the Rams' offense, Cam Akers was a, a big story. 28 rushes, 131 yards, and a touchdown. Two catches for 46 yards as well. Robert Woods had a, a big touchdown, uh, four catches for 48 yards. Uh, Russell Wilson threw his third pick to Darius Williams on the season. And that pick six was just so huge. First pick six on a wide receiver screen in the NFL all year. Uh, he just saw it happening and uh, made the most of it. And boom, as soon as he got it, he was gone. Six points for the Rams. And that was a huge, huge, huge momentum shift. Oh, yeah. It was a huge swing at that time because that's a huge gamble. But clearly he saw something from the video and tape. He recognized uh, the setup that uh, Seattle was doing. And he, he gambled, but he won. He won big. <laughs> because that, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's a play where you're not supposed to get an interception that way. And you're definitely not supposed to take it to the house yeah. off of a play like that, of that nature. But, uh, and then that, that momentum swing, I think, just killed the Seahawks and did them in immediately. Yeah. Unfortunately, they can never recover. <sighs> Not having fans, I, I believe, just was the biggest key. Uh, that, that stadium gets so loud. I actually heard that if the fans were in the stands, that Jared Goff would have started because he would have been able to handle the loudness of the stadium a lot easier than Wolford would have. But they decided because there was going to be no, no crowd noise that uh, Wolford could probably handle it. Goff was able to come in and do cleanup duty and do a great job. It's the Seahawks' first uh, home playoff loss since the 2004 game against the Rams. Uh, that snaps a 10-game winning streak at home in the playoffs, and that's the third longest uh, winning streak at home in the playoffs uh, in their history. So uh, tough to see. Um, I see the Seahawks got uh, about 10 free agents coming. Uh, there's always change in sports and football, especially in the offseason. Uh, some of these free agents, though, I really hope that they can uh, sign and they can bring back. Uh, cornerback Shaquille Griffin, running back Chris Carson, linebacker K.J. Wright are the really key guys that they need to try to sign. Uh, the tight end, Greg Olson, he did okay this year, but uh, he's definitely a little long in the tooth. They've got their Defensive tackle, Puna Ford. Center, Ethan Pochich. Uh, defensive end, Bruce Irvin. Defensive end, Brent Benson Mayawa. And uh, another cornerback, Quentin Dunbar. But uh, to me, Griffin, Carson, and K.J. Wright are really keys to continuing to have a core that they need. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you on that. Uh, especially K.J. Wright with what he brings on the defensive side of the ball. I think uh, – that's something that uh, that's someone that they need to bring back, and then also too they just they just need to improve upon the defensive side of the ball. Period. There's there's certain things, certain needs that they need to address, and I'm sure that they will address them in the off season going forward. Because I believe their offense is good. I think the offense is pretty, it's really good. Yeah, and their defense came around in the second part of the season, but um, yeah, another. Um, 
early exit, unfortunately, for the Seahawks, and uh, the Rams move forward. Um, yeah, the Rams were uh, the sixth seed, and the Seahawks were the third seed. Uh, so that was a, it was a pretty big upset there. Um, okay, why don't we talk about uh, one of the other Saturday games? A really good game between the Bills and the Colts. Uh, Bills ended up winning 27-24. Josh Allen had a, a phenomenal game and uh, was able to um, knock out Old Man Rivers and, uh, yeah, get Buffalo to continue on as the second seed. Yeah, uh, the Colts made a good showing of themselves in this game. And then, you know, Old Man Rivers almost got it done. Almost completed the comeback. Almost. But uh, Josh Allen, he's the real deal. He really is. He really shines throughout the course of this game. Uh, like you said, 324 yards with two touchdowns. Uh, he played He played fantastic. And he had some, some throws there that were literally on a rope. It was very impressive to see. Yeah, he's... Um... He's a talented guy. Uh, uh, an, another um, 2018 draft pick. Uh, one of the three quarterbacks. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna get into the stat. I was gonna talk about it a little later, but the three quarterbacks on the weekend that were from the 2018 first round drafts were Baker Mayfield, number one. Josh Allen. He was seventh pick overall, and Lamar Jackson, 32nd pick. So all three guys in that first round, big, huge victories on Saturday. And Josh Allen, um, yeah, just looking great. All three of those quarterbacks, um, yeah, just uh, really helping propel their teams. I don't think any of those teams goes anywhere without uh, their quarterback and being able to, yeah, um, really, really elevate their game and play really well going forward. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I completely agree with that. Uh assertion because those teams do not get anywhere without those three quarterbacks uh, uh, running the team for sure for sure 2018 who would have ever thought that that would be like that would be the year for all these great quarterbacks to come out into the league yeah uh, it's amazing the 31 teams passed on Lamar Jackson he goes uh, last in the in that first round um, but yeah these three young guys uh, in the league for three years now um, really doing well. Uh, you have to see the other quarterbacks that are moving forward or the uh, two old guys, well, three old guys with Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and Aaron Rodgers, and then uh, Patrick Mahomes and Jared Goff, about the same age, uh, mid 20s. So, but uh, yeah, that 2018 draft, um, yeah, I don't think anybody would have thought that it would have been paid off, paying off such dividends already for those three teams. Oh, yeah. No, no. I don't think anybody would have thought that, and especially when it came to Baker Mayfield, because a lot of people wrote him off. A lot of people wrote that guy off. But look at what he did. Look at what he's done. But I'm yeah. sure we'll, we'll get to that, uh, that game soon enough. Um, Stefan Diggs, uh, best, uh, best receiver this whole year. Huge pickup from Minnesota. Massive, massive, massive pickup. Uh, another six catches, 128 yards, and a touchdown. Um, I don't think uh, the Bills are as dominant without without him this year. Oh yeah, no, I I I, I would I would say that he's an integral part of that offense. He definitely makes them more versatile and more dangerous because that guy can take it to the house at any point in time in the game. And especially when you have a guy like Josh Allen tossing him tossing him the pigskin, yeah. 
Yeah, they're a deadly combo for sure. Great to see Buffalo finally in the playoffs. First home playoff win, or first playoff win in 25 years. Uh, really great to see that Bills Mafia. A small amount of fans compared to what they would be able to fill out that stadium, but uh, still really loud, really, really having fun. And, and, and that helped Buffalo uh, move forward in this game. Yeah, uh, it's actually kind of shocking to hear just how loud that small amount of people were in that stadium. I, I actually was just like, this sounds like, sound like there's a full state. Like, what's going on there? <laughs> oh, man, no. But, uh, it, you know, I think any sort of crowd noise, real crowd noise, actually helps the home team, for sure. Yeah. It helps with them. I um, I was really disappointed in how the Colts um, handled the ball right at the very end of the game. They had the ball. They were marching it down. They had only had to just kick a field goal to send it into overtime. Uh, I feel like Phillip Rivers just uh, somehow had a really bad brain cramp and just blew it at the end. Uh, two straight passes out of bounds um, before the uh, Hail Mary at the very end of the of, of the of the game um he he was looking around and then just would fire it out of bounds fired out of bounds and then there only four seconds left on the clock so he had to throw a hail mary i'm really shocked that he wouldn't have tried to hit a receiver uh you just you just gotta do it uh, hit a re- hit a guy uh, somewhere in the field to play uh give yourself a chance to kick that uh, game time field goal it was an odd choice for sure because uh, you would have thought that, okay, yeah, okay, some, sometimes you just need to throw the ball away. But since it's the end of the game and everything's on the line, you're going to try to put the ball in the best place so that at least you give your receiver a chance to catch the ball, yeah. at least. But unfortunately, Rivers didn't do any of those things, which forced him into the Hail Mary. That, well, it's a Hail Mary. Those things usually don't work. So, yeah. That was the game. Yeah, yeah. Hail Marys don't work unless you've uh, got got DeAndre Hopkins uh, or uh, Aaron Rodgers is throwing the ball. And uh, um, I noticed that onside kicks only made uh, it four percent of the time. Four percent of the onside kicks were covered this year. So that's another play that um, you know you definitely don't want to be going for. So yeah, I was I was really disappointed. I, I think that could have been Rivers' um, last game in the NFL. I think he's probably going to hang it up. Oh, you, really? You think so? Uh, it could be. It could be. It, it really depends on where the Colts are at. You know, like if they, if they feel that old man Rivers may have one more good year left in him, or if they think, ah, you know, I, I think we might have to go younger here, uh, especially with the draft coming up and everything else. They might just pick up somebody else and uh, go go forward with that. Yeah, well, I, I think it, it's his last game, and I feel like it might be Ben Roethlisberger's um, last game. Uh, both guys have been in the league a long time. They really look like, um, yeah, maybe they just maybe it's time to hang them up. Uh, we'll see in the coming weeks and months. Uh, but I think, uh, yeah, both guys might might be done. Uh, I, I want to mention the um, national championship in college football. It's at halftime right now while we're talking. Um, Alabama, number one ranked overall, 12-0 and in the season, is beating Ohio State, number three ranked, 35-17. Uh, the big 
the biggest player of the game is Devontae Smith, uh, the receiver that won the Heisman Trophy. Uh, three touchdowns in the first half, 12 catches for 215 yards, all, um, all records for the title game. Uh, man, that, this kid is just phenomenal. And um, it looks like, uh, yeah, if he decides to um, enter the NFL draft, uh, probably New York Jets are going to be able to secure this kid. Great. You must be super excited for that. <laughs> he must be like, ah, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to lose for the next four years. No, man. Hopefully, actually, you know what? Hopefully, maybe the Jets pass on him. Maybe they just don't see it, you know? <laughs> Considering how they're being, like, managed and stuff, they probably might do it. Ah, I don't think he's good enough. <laughs> I think we can get somebody else. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. So, um, and the other game we want to uh, we want to touch base on a little bit through the, the night is uh, Toronto Raptors are playing the Portland Trail Blazers. Uh, three minutes left in the first quarter here. Toronto up twenty three eleven. Toronto two and seven on the year, so they definitely need some victories uh, over the next little stretch here. Um, yeah. So. Okay, why don't we talk about the other Saturday game that had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beating Washington, the Washington Racists, I'm calling them, uh, 31-23, TB12, another huge win, uh, you know, setting more records, uh, being able to really, uh, you know, come, come to this team and, and uh, push them forward. Um, yeah, Buccaneers looked great, and... I think, um, yeah, they, they, uh, their offense is really, really clicking. Uh, Tom Brady's looking well. Well, look, look at all the weapons he has. He, he's got a plethora of weapons. It's like, it, it's almost as if he's at a smorgasbord and he's just like, well, I'll take it all. You get a ball. You get a ball. You get. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's, 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 the game is so much easier for Tom right now with all the people all the talented receivers that he gets to pass to yeah. every, every, every time he steps on the football field. It's kind of almost not fair. Yeah. And, but, but I will say this, that uh, Taylor Hineke, Taylor Hineke, yeah. yeah, I'm going to go with Hineke. Anyways, that kid really showed up. Came out of freaking nowhere from Old Dominion or something like that. Yep, cool. I've never heard of that school. But anyway, <laughs> this, this kid really stepped up and he played well yeah. and i think he played himself into staying in the league for a bit because he wasn't supposed to do any of that he yeah. wasn't supposed to look that good and that composed under pressure from a freaking hall of famer that literally father time doesn't seem to affect tom brady oh man i can't believe i'm saying that anyways it tom brady still looks like tom brady bold tom brady was prime like the throws, some of the throws that he made, ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. ridiculous. Amazing, yeah. Yeah, Heineke, uh, I, I just love that touchdown run that he had. Uh, what an amazing scramble out of the pocket, gets himself um, out of the trouble, uh, runs around the uh, sideline, and then dives from the four-yard line to catch the pylon, separates his shoulder it, as it happens, and still continues in, in the game and, and has a phenomenal performance. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, the kid was super tough. 
comes back like 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 you know like like uh like like the beat up boxer and just like nah I still got a couple more good rounds left in me. I'm going back in. Uh I was impressed. I, yeah. I was I was super impressed with his toughness, with his effort, and just with his ultimately his composure. But unfortunately, he went against Brady. Brady, yeah. never a good thing to have to go up against. I loved it when he scored the touchdown. Chase Young runs over and he starts pointing to the name on his back, and he's just like, "This is the man. This is the man." Heineke, yeah. Heineke. Yeah, it was like, "Holy cow! What the hell?" Uh, uh, how did this? Yeah, where did this kid come from, and uh, how did he do what he was doing? But yeah, unfortunately, ran up against Brady and the Bucks. Uh, Mike Evans was hurt going into this game. Uh, had really pretty serious uh, leg injury. Uh, his left uh, left knee was bothering him, but he was able to suit up, and uh, he was he played great. He had six catches, 119 yards. Uh, didn't seem to miss a beat. That uh, man is he ever a, a weapon? Uh, just such a great target for Brady. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I did have some questions of, is he injured? Yeah, look injured. Looks fine. Ah, oh, look at that. Almost 120 yards. So if that's what that guy can give you on one leg, not bad. Not bad. <laughs> Considering everybody else that he had, which is Godwin and Antonio Brown and Gronkowski, I believe Gronkowski was only targeted once. That guy's yeah. just kind of. Waiting in the wings, too. Just whatever he wants. All Never, right. Yeah, didn't have a catch uh, on, yeah. on Saturday. Um, yeah, he had – Godwin had uh, five catches, 78 yards and a touchdown. Antonio Brown had two catches for uh, 48 yards and a touchdown. Um, Cameron Braid had 44 catches for 80 yards. Um, man, yeah, just uh, – wow, are they ever great. Uh, we were talking a little bit about um, quarterbacks that uh, might retire. Uh, what about Alex Smith? Um, do you think uh, he came back, said, you know, at least I was able to come back. It might be time to hit the road. Uh, where do you think his uh, decision is going to lie this year? I think, it, I think it lies with whatever his doctors tell him to do now uh, going forward. Like, I think it was unbelievable that he was even able to get to this point anyways after almost losing his leg. Yeah. And so now that he's having these problems with his surgically repaired leg, I believe it's his calf, maybe, you know what, his diminishing returns now. I want to continue to keep walking, you know? Like, and if it gets to that point, if it gets to the point of, well, if you keep playing, you could, it, it could be catastrophic. Yeah. And if it's a catastrophic injury, He's got a family to take care of. He's got kids that he probably wants to, you know, grow up with, with walking with their father and stuff. You know, then it's it's just not, it's just not worth it. It's just no. not worth it going through. No. That was uh, Tampa Bay's first postseason win since their Super Bowl win in 2003 when John Gruden came and beat the Raiders. Um, that was Tom Brady's 31st playoff win. And Washington still has not won a playoff game in 15 years. And, uh, yeah, that um, really sad sack. Uh, East Division and the NFC never uh, jumped up and uh, bit anybody. They had the home field advantage. Um, but, uh, yeah, just not quite enough um, when they 
face the Bucks, uh, the fifth-ranked team there. So, um, okay, why don't we talk about the Ravens-Titans game. Uh, Lamar Jackson exercised some playoff demons. He was only 0-2, uh, but he had never had a victory when he was losing by 10-plus points in his career quite yet. Um, Derek Henry was touted as the guy that was going to be able to handle this ball and beat Lamar Jackson. And uh, somehow Derek Henry was non-existent and Lamar Jackson was a Superman and just took the Ravens on his back and was able to get the huge victory. Yeah. Yeah. Lamar Jackson was action Jackson in this particular game. He was, he was amazing. He was amazing. There, there were times where you're, he's in the backfield and he's running around. You're just like, oh, he could be. No, that's a 50-yard touchdown. <laughs> that came out of nowhere. Some yeah. of his runs were just utterly spectacular. They were. And yeah. He deserves all the accolades that he's been given. He deserves the fact that he's the only quarterback to have rushed for 1,000 yards two seasons in a row. Like, you know, like, he's, he's, he's freaking amazing. And Again, for the Ravens' uh, defensive front line, they shut Henry down. They didn't give him any lanes to run through. They shut it all down, which is – that is an incredibly hard thing to do because that's Derrick Henry. Yeah. Tough. Yeah, I was shocked. Uh, I thought Derrick Henry was just going to, yeah, just, um, you know, just pound the ball and just continue to get so many uh, yards, 2,000 yards, join that 2,000-yard club. Um, he had, he had zero rushing first downs. He only had 40 yards on the day, a season low. He was hit 11 times at or behind the line of scrimmage. And he only had 28 rushing yards after contact. Um, don't remember this, this performance by the King. Uh, I don't know how they did it. Uh, Baltimore was able to just do something that no other team was able to do this year and shut them down. Yeah, they 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 dug deep. They they went to a level that they have never approached so far this season. Mm-hmm. And they, to shut down one of the premier backs in the league, that that takes the effort of the the totality of the entire defensive squad. It takes all of them to do that. And they did that. They literally did that from start to finish of that game, and that's the only reason why they won. Plus, on top of the fact that Lamar Jackson put on his cape and said, get on my back. We're going to win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Hollywood Brown looked great. Seven catches, 109 yards. Uh, he also had a couple rushes for 19 yards. Um, J.K. Dobbins was good, had a touchdown run. Uh, but Lamar was just unreal. It was uh, so great. Uh, what did you think about them celebrating on the logo? They really uh, wanted to rub it in and uh, stick it to them. It happened to them earlier in the season, and they, uh, I guess, said, okay, guys, this happens. This is what we're going to do. And uh, they didn't get any retribution in this game. They went and danced on the logo after that uh, last interception. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the one good thing about when you dance on the logos, you create a little bit of animosity. And then that, that, that kind of filters through to the next season. Then the next season, and now you got a rivalry. And I and I hope, my hope is that this turns into a great rivalry where they go tit for tat, they go back and forth. 
throughout the next couple of years because that just incites great football. Better for the fans, better for us watching at home to say, oh, man, these two teams do not like each other. This is going to be great. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, that. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of animosity there. and Yeah, it's going to be fun. A really good battle between these two franchises for a while. Uh, yeah, that was Marcus Peters that picked up Ryan Tannehill to pretty much seal that win. Uh, I wanted to point out a pick that happened earlier in the game. Uh, Lamar Jackson threw an interception, and Malcolm Butler picked it off. He got a second interception of his postseason career. I think we all remember his first interception uh, in, a super, in his uh, postseason career. Uh, that was a heartbreaker for me. Do you remember it, Jason? If I, okay, I think I do. Seahawks? Yeah. Yeah? Where, where they should have gave it to beast mode, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, where they should just hand the ball off. Yeah. But no, no. Pete Carroll wanted to be like, I'm going to use some trickery. I'm going to pass the ball. What are you doing? What are you doing? Run the ball. Ah, okay. Thanks. Thanks for bringing that up. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I seem to be doing this too much in, on our podcast. I'm bringing up these bad memories. But, yeah, geez, that was uh, one of the worst play calls that we've ever been witness to. And, uh, yeah, I was amazed. That was only his second interception of his career. Um, yeah, so. Uh, but not enough to help the Titans win. So Ravens move on. Uh, two more games to get to. Um, talk about the Browns. Absolute annihilation of the Steelers. Uh, first play of the game, up 7 nothing. Third play of the game, 14 nothing. Sixth play of the game, 21. Oh, my God. Just stomped on them. Stomped on them. Stomped on them some more. Uh, I was shocked. I don't think many people would have predicted that it would have went this way. And, um, yeah, the Cleveland never wins in Heinz Field. They were on a 17-game losing streak there. Uh, never able to beat Pittsburgh. Uh, they were able to come in and, and win 48-37. Uh, what a huge, huge game for Cleveland. And, and Baker Mayfield looked great. Uh, that whole team looked phenomenal. What a win. Yeah, yeah. It was almost as if several black cats walked across all the Steelers players <laughs> before the game. Like several, <laughs> like a herd of them. Because the things that happened, hey, none of that should have happened. Like with Pouncey snapping the ball, I think what is Ben Ross was six foot five, and he just like boom right over his head. Like it's just like, did you, did you mean like how did you do that? That's amazing, right? And then it just kind of it just snowballed after that. Everything snowballed for the Steelers. They couldn't hold on to the ball. Ben was picked off. Like it was just it was just a plethora of mistakes that compounded and compounded upon on themselves until uh, up to the point where all of a sudden cleans up 28 nothing. Yeah. And literally the game's kind of over. Game's over. It was uh, it was also shocking because uh you know they had been team covid recently, a lot of players missing. Uh St Kevin Stefanski was in his basement. Uh the, he was uh, the head coach was watching the game from his basement. They had their special teams coach there. Uh, two of their, their corners were out. Their starting corners, Denzel Ward and Kevin Johnson, were out. Their top guard, one of their wide receivers, uh, you know, just seemed like 
Another thing piled on Cleveland, just all these tough breaks all the time, but they got their first playoff win since 1994. Um, unbelievable how, yeah, it just seemed like everything was going their way. Finally, the football god said, okay, enough of beating up Cleveland. Let's give them a game that they can win and, and move forward. Uh, it was hilarious. Uh, I was just stunned. I've, I've never seen a game so quickly lopsided, just whammo like that. Yeah, yeah, the football gods definitely did that. It's like, your fans have suffered long enough. We're, I'm just going to give this one to you. Gift wrapped, actually. There they Gift go. Gift wrapped win. There you go. Late Christmas because present. It's a early, yeah, it's a late Christmas present, but it's still Christmas, and there you go. You know, like, it, it was just, it was amazing just the way that that game went and how momentum just went to Cleveland, and it never left. Yeah. The Steelers were never in this game, completely, never. The, uh, the stat line for Ben Roethlisberger was pretty shocking. 47 for 68, 501 yards passing, four touchdowns, but four interceptions was the biggest key stat. Uh, the 47 completions is actually a record for completions in any game in NFL history. No quarterback <laughs> has completed uh, that many passes. Uh, but it, it, it showed the biggest glaring weakness for Pittsburgh for most of the year is no run game at all. And when you can key on a quarterback and know that he's not handing the ball off, it gives the opportunity for the secondary to get into those spots where they can pick the ball off. Uh, if they would have had a little bit of a running game, guys, have they can't cheat. They have to stay close to the line a lot of times. They have to keep looking into the backfield. Didn't have to. Four times he was picked. Crazy stats, though. Four, 501 yards. Only been one loss ever in history. Tom Brady lost a game throwing 500 yards. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I called Ben, you know, saying Ben should retire. He probably will. But uh, when you see those stats, uh, it couldn't have been his fault, really. He kind of did everything he, he could. Like, he, he did it. He passed for 500 yards. Like that, that's not that's not that's not a little that's that's no joke. That's a lot of yardage, man. But at the same time, when you have the defense that knows, it's like, well, you just you're a one-trick pony. You can only pass the ball. So we're just gonna sit back here and we're gonna pick you off. We're gonna pick you off a couple times. You're gonna you're gonna pass for some touchdowns, but we're gonna pick you off, and then we're gonna go back and score. You can't win a game like that. And and especially when they were down so much, it's like if you don't have both sides of the offense working, the run and the pass, you cannot come back from that. You literally can't do it. No. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's tough. Um, I think the, one of the biggest things for Cleveland's offense that really blew me away was uh, they, used, they always used Nick Chubb as the first and second uh, down runner. He would run the ball. Uh, Kareem Hunt would come in and they would toss the ball to him throughout the whole season. They flipped the script on that and they had it opposite. And uh, Kareem Hunt ended up getting a couple touchdowns. Um, Chubb was great on the ground, but uh, he was catching balls. Hunt was the guy that was taking the handoff and running it. Uh, it was a really smart um, switching of the script because when that running back came in, I think the defense can say, oh, okay, they're going to run the ball oh, they're going to pass the ball when this guy comes in, but they, they made it opposite. 
really, really smart move. Yeah, super smart move because they, they'd never done that throughout the course of the entirety of the season. Yeah. And so it was definitely unexpected for the Steelers to see that. And as you said, they thought they would run plays of this nature when they ran the complete opposite. And like I said before, it just compounded and compounded on the Steelers. Mistake after mistake, and then a little bit of trickery on the Browns' part. Before you know it, game's out of reach. Yeah. Baker Mayfield had a great, great game and uh, looks good moving forward. Uh, Listen to the stats of the uh, Pittsburgh receivers. Juju had 13 catches, 157 yards, and a touchdown. Deontay Johnson had 11 catches, 117 yards. Washington, 5 for 72. Eric Ebron had 7 catches, 62 yards, and a touchdown. Our man Chase Claypool, five catches, 59 yards, and two touchdowns. And Connor had five catches for 30 yards. Um, poof, man, just phenomenal offense, uh, you know, generating a, so many catches, so many yardage, but uh, way too many mistakes, uh, way too many turnovers, five turnovers. I, I doubt any team's ever won with five turnovers in a game. I, I, I probably – you know, would put money on that statistic. Yeah, it it's it is it is is damn near impossible to come back from a game like that or win a game when you have that many turnovers. And then if you have a capable team on the other side that can score off those turnovers turnovers, which is what the Browns did, you're not coming back from that. You can't. That's it. Yeah. Okay, the final game of the weekend was the Saints and the Bears. Uh, New Orleans moves to 13-4, and four, Bears 8-9, and 21-9 uh, mm-hmm. victory. Uh, Drew Brees played great. A lot of the you know, uh, Saints played well, but it was their defense that was just so key in this one, shutting Chicago down, only allowing them three points until Jimmy Graham's uh, last-second touchdown. Uh, at the end of the game, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, just a you know very average pedestrian game. They couldn't get the running game going. Uh, Saints defense was super impressive in the victory. Yeah, Saints defense was super impressive. But the Bears, I wanted to point out, they just had the same problem that they've had all year. They just couldn't put enough points on the board anyways. No. They just, they were, they've never been able to do that. I thought that was going to be a major, major problem for them. Like if the Saints just scored, Skates only scored three, three touchdowns, and that's all they needed. That's all they needed to beat this team because they knew that if they could bottle up the Bears, which is what they did, they weren't going to score yeah. because they have such a hard time scoring anyways. Uh, we, you and I have talked about Alvin Kamara so much this year. He's just such a huge weapon for them. Um, guess how many 100-yard rushing games he had this year? Six. He had one. Ah, what? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah. Unbelievable. You look at his game log, game stats, it's shocking. He usually gets about 60, 70 yards rushing and 60, 70 yards passing and is able to really be super well balanced uh, every game. Uh, Only one 100-yard rushing game and only one 100-yard passing game uh mm-hmm. so uh really smart game plan making him an incredible incredible weapon but uh i was really stunned to notice that he had only had one 100 yard rushing game and even in this game 
he finished with 99 yards, uh, didn't get hit the century mark, uh, but contributed obviously to you know so many victories this year. Um, his only 100-yard rushing games uh, was week 17, 155 yards and six touchdowns. So uh, he is a huge weapon, obviously, when he runs enough. But 83 catches on the year, and um, his only 100-yard rushing game was week three when he had – I mean, a catching game was a, a week three, 139 yards. And uh, he scored a touchdown, 99 yards rushing on Sunday. But, um, yeah, I'd love to have him in the backfield. Uh, Drew Brees has that luxury for sure. And, uh, yeah, can you, can you actually believe those stats? No, I, I can't believe those stats. But if you're trying to, like, game plan for Kamara, you really can't because you don't know what he's going to do. You don't know what he's going to do from play to play. It's like, oh, he's either going to run or he's going to catch the ball. Like, he's going he's gonna to do one of those two things. <laughs> it's just going to be really hard. <laughs> Chicago was uh, terrible on third down conversions. Uh, they in their first six possessions, six punts, uh, they just could not convert a third down. Uh, Michael Thomas, uh, it had been 385 days since he had caught a touchdown pass from Drew Brees, uh, but he got one end of the season. Uh, they were only uh, together very few, very limited this year. Uh, only nine catches. Michael Thomas had from Drew Brees this whole entire season, uh, which is just crazy, crazy, crazy stat. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm super impressed with, with the Saints all year. Uh, Drew Brees out with those broken ribs, uh, punctured lung, uh, but he came in this game 28 for 39, 265 yards through the air, two touchdowns. And um, yeah, big, big, big win for New Orleans. Uh, they they looked really good in that game. Yeah, they did. They did look really good. Drew Brees is Drew Brees. He's super tough. He's like, yeah, yeah, so what? I broke like eight ribs, punctured lung. I'll heal up. I'll be good. And then he was. He really was, man. And the Saints defense, again, came up huge when they needed to and completely shut down the Bears. Completely yeah. shut them down. Okay, so it um... – Really has a lot of great divisional matchups now. Uh, why don't we just uh, break them down super quick and uh, give some predictions? Uh, I'm sure this AFC matchup here between the number one seed Kansas City Chiefs at 14 and two, as they host Cleveland, the number six seed. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to pick Cleveland. Uh, Kansas City should should win this game. Uh, good for Cleveland finally getting their first. Uh, Playoff wins since 94, but I think the magic stops here. Yeah, I, I'd say so. I think I think the magic definitely stops. I think the football guys are like, well, come on, man. We can only do so much. We really can, you know? And the Chiefs are just that good. I kind of expect the Browns to have a good showing of themselves against the Chiefs, but I do not expect them to win that game. Yeah. I, I most certainly do not. I think the Chiefs win that game maybe by one or two uh, two touchdowns. I'd say they win about two touchdowns. That's the uh, 12.05 start Pacific time, 3.05 start uh, Eastern time on Sunday. So 
uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see that one uh, late Sunday. Uh, Buffalo, the number two seed in the AFC. They host the number five seed in Baltimore. Uh, and that goes 515 Pacific, 815 Eastern time. Um, I think this is going to be a hell of a matchup. Uh, Baltimore, obviously, we talked about Lamar Jackson against um, Josh Allen. Uh, I think Buffalo really has the advantage here, but uh, do you think Lamar Jackson can pull off the upset? He has the capability. He, he can do it. And if he, if he puts on his Superman cape and just does even more than he did against the Titans, which he can do, this is, it is most certainly within the realm of possibility that he could pull this off. I think the Bills, as a complete team, are, are more of a complete team than the Ravens. That's why I think they'll win this game. But I think this game will be closer than what people will think um, at, the end, at the end of the day. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that one for sure. Uh, let's switch to the NFC. Uh, it's funny how both uh, AFC and NFC, NFC have the same. It's number one against number six and number two against number five. So uh, the three and four seeds both got upset on both sides of the, of the conferences. Uh, kind of interesting. Uh, Green Bay, number one seed, hosts, hosts the LA Rams, the sixth seed. That's the 135 Pacific time. Saturday, 4.35 Eastern. Uh, the Rams' defense is phenomenal, but um, can they stop Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers? Well, here's the thing. Is Aaron Donald going to be good enough to go? Because if he's good enough to go, maybe the Rams have a shot. But if he's not, and then also, too, like I'm looking at the offensive side of the ball, Goff is definitely not going to be good enough to throw the ball after a surgical repair stunt like that. That's just not a thing. That's just yeah. not a thing. And Wolford, I don't, I don't know if he can play. <laughs> we still don't know about that. So I'd say the Packers have an overwhelming advantage going into this game. Because yeah. Aaron Rodgers, he's good. Devontae Adams, he's good. They're <laughs> running back. Super healthy. Like, you know, like I, 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 don't, I do not see the Rams winning this game. I just don't see it. I think the Packers win. I think the Packers win. Yeah. Yeah, I you know. Green Bay's looked so amazing this whole year. I can't believe how great their their offense is. So, um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, the Rams being banged up uh, really could cause them a very big disadvantage, especially if Aaron Donald isn't 100%. Uh, New Orleans, um, number two seed going in against Tampa Bay. So you got the two old men, Drew Brees, against uh, – <laughs> the goat. Uh, yeah. What? What's going to happen here? This is the uh, 3:40 Eastern Time Sunday, 12:40 uh, Eastern Time Pacific. Um, you know, Breeze uh, has a five and two record over Brady, and this will be their very first meeting ever in the playoffs, uh, which is a shocking statistic, knowing how long they've both been around. Um, what do you think? I think this is going to be a good old shootout. I think whoever's got the ball at the end of the game is going to probably win the game. Actually, that's what I believe. These two guys are Hall of Famers. They've been around forever. They don't look like they're ever going to stop playing. Brady, I, I don't know how he's still doing what he's doing. But I, I honestly believe that this, 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 this matchup might be the best out of the four. 
And I think it's going to be the most entertaining out of the four. And I, as I said before, I think it will come down to whatever team has the ball last will probably win this game. Cool. Yeah. I think that's a good call. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I, you know, I think, uh, yeah, it's just, I think probably has the potential to be that best uh, out of those four games, like you say. And, and uh, yeah, it'll be nice to see um, Tom Brady and Drew Brees face each other for the first time in the playoffs. And, and um, I think Brees is uh, one of the only guys that has a winning record against Tom Brady when they played more than two games. And, um, yeah, so, uh, so that's that was shocking stat that I noticed today. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be a really great Sunday. This was a phenomenal Super Wild Card weekend. Uh, the divisional matchups, uh, it's even going to get grittier and nastier. These teams are, are good going forward, the top eight teams in the league. Um, Couple of news today. Uh, the Eagles fired Doug Peterson. He was four eleven and one this year, forty two thirty seven and one over the five years he was there. Uh, he won the Super Bowl only three seasons ago. Uh, that's uh, Philadelphia had never won the Super Bowl. He was the Messiah uh, statue out front of the stadium. Never buy a drink in that city again. And they toss him to the curb after three years. Uh, he had some difficulties with Carson Wentz. Had some, uh, I guess, some issues with the owner, Jeffrey Lurie. And um, he's out on his ass uh, looking for a job. Uh, pretty tough. Uh, NFL is, what have you done for me lately? Well, that was three years ago. I could barely remember that. He won? I, I didn't even know. Oh, okay. All right. That's cool. That's great. That's great. But you're exactly right. What have you done for me today? You haven't done nothing. Nothing. That's why you got to go. I'm sorry. Hey, man, that was great that you did that thing a couple years back, which I think was a Super Bowl or whatever. I totally forget. But you know what? You're probably going to find success somewhere else, just not here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's tough, man. Uh, yeah, I feel, I feel sad for Cortez because – yeah, they can be uh, on the, the penthouse one year and back down to the outhouse and on the unemployment line the next. It's uh, it's tough to see. Um, the the Eagles are going to have to play catch up. This is the seventh team that needs a coach. A lot of these other teams have had a week or two or three weeks uh, to interview candidates, start getting their ducks in a row. Uh, they're going to have to get on some Zoom calls tomorrow and and start seeing some candidates to fill this job. Uh, I guess it's going to be having to figure out this Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz type of thing, and, and uh, yeah, trying to get some good draft picks, uh, trying to, uh, yeah, turn this around, because, yeah, it's crazy that they can win the Super Bowl three years ago and be 4-11-1 this year, bottom of their division. Yeah, it, it, is, it is amazing how quickly success can turn into – failure in the NFL, but it can happen in a heartbeat. And especially when your quarterback just decides to just suck kind of like kind of out of nowhere. I suck now. I'm not very good. <laughs> yeah, weird. So, so it, it happens. It happens sometimes. So I, 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 I do feel bad for the coach, but I'm sure that uh, he'll find, uh, he'll find, he'll find an opportunity somewhere. Else. Yeah. Uh, last uh, comment on football I want to make is uh, uh, Bill O'Brien is still uh, lurking around Houston. Uh, his ghost 
has now uh, officially Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston. Uh, he wasn't. Uh, he was very unhappy in their search for a new general manager, new head coach. And the big rumor that's widely spe speculated is he's going to Miami for Tua. Um, wow. Pretty crazy. Uh, can't believe how they can have one of the greatest guys in the whole league, one of the greatest receivers, and they messed this all up. And uh, now the franchise player wants out. Well, you know what? Bill thought he knew best. I'm just going to give away this dude for running back. Steady running back. I I don't care. I don't care. You know. And then and then only for the your star quarterback to say, what did you just do right now? What? Who did you just get? What did you do? I need that guy. I need to throw to that guy. Like uh, I, if I was Deshaun Watson, that would have probably been the nail in the coffin before yeah. I even spoke at the end of this year. That would have been it for me. I'd be like, he just he just gave that dude away. Hall of Fame dude. One of the best receivers ever in the league. Yep. You just gave him away. All right. All right. Cool. I guess you don't need me to be here. I'm out. <laughs> pretty bad. Yeah. Pretty bad. Man, it's yeah. crazy. Uh, how the mighty have fallen. Uh, yeah. Houston was great. They had probably top defensive player two, three years in a row with J.J. Watt, mm -hmm. one of the most electrifying offensive players. And uh, now they're just, yeah, they're just. Uh, lurking near the bottom of the NFL trying to get the number one draft pick. And, uh, yeah, it's pathetic how badly it's uh, been bungled there. And, uh, yeah, if I was him, I think I'd want out too. Um, yeah, this has been a really mismanaged organization. And, uh, yeah, I'm surprised that they uh, wouldn't consult him. Uh, they wouldn't ask for a lot of his help to uh, – get somebody in that he wants to work with general manager and head coach wise. Uh, it only makes sense. So uh, he's your franchise guy and you pissed him off to the point where he says, no, get me out of here. You're paying him a lot of money. That means an investment for you. If you're paying a man that much money, that means he's kind of involved in choices. He's kind of there. He's no. kind of like that guy. But if you phase him out, well, he's not going to appreciate any of that. Who would? Who would? And then also, too, I'm just going to say this to NFL uh, people out there. If you're thinking of hiring Bill O'Brien, just look at what he did to the Texans. You want that guy? Do you? I know if I'm a general manager, I'll be like, oh, no, no. I'm not going to touch you. No. I like my team. I like, I like the people on my team. Yeah. I, I'd like them to stay on my team. Yeah, no, he's going to have a hard time getting a head coaching job. Uh, or Definitely not a general manager job, uh, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, well, uh, that's the NFL uh, wrap-up of the weekend. Uh, it's 45-24 with one minute to go in the third quarter in the uh, college football title game. Alabama is looking strong and uh, looking like they're going to have their seventh title in the last 13 years uh nick saban and that alabama program uh just so dominant year after year after year um probably the easiest job in the world is the recruiting job for alabama football uh you're gonna be able to get top talent every year coming there just because of how good this program has been well it's kind of like this all right I'm Nick Saban. 
if you want to be a first-round draft pick in the NFL, come play for me, and you're going to get there. You're going to get paid. Yeah. Ding. Yeah, <laughs> just like that. And yeah. it's just that easy. Like, oh, yeah. all right, I'm going to play for Nick. Done. I wish I could have a job that's that easy. That must be uh, must be fun. Must be must be great knowing that you're gonna go knock on somebody's door and he's gonna be uh, signing on the dotted line the, the second that you you uh, pull out the contract. It's uh, pretty cool and uh, yeah, amazing. Uh, another incredibly successful year, uh, undefeated, uh, number one all season, twelve and zero, and. And just so dominant. Uh, yeah, a lot of guys going to the NFL out of that Alabama program. Uh, yeah, pretty cool to see. Um, okay, we're going to talk about some basketball, but I want to talk about our partners and sponsors first. Um, Anchor FM has been a fantastic partner with Complete Sports Media. They are a great platform for uh, posting on multiple platforms for us. And they call themselves the easiest place to make a podcast. So go to Anchor FM and follow the instructions and you can do what Jason and I are doing here. Uh, Verbero, the hockey equipment and apparel company, industry leader in technology, performance and value. And the V350 stick is a stick that you need to get if you want to impress your teammates. And uh, yeah, score a lot of goals. Very explosive, lightest stick on the market, V350 stick. Verbero. Uh, Pampas and Possibilities, they are designers of florals and floral arrangements and ins do installations. Uh, fantastic company, uh, Pampas and Possibilities. And Forever Living, they are the aloe vera company. They grow and manufacture aloe vera based products for health and beauty. So, uh, yeah, just go to completesportsmedia.com. There'll be links there. You can purchase product at reduced prices and find out lots of details also. So thank you so much to them. Okay, let's talk about the NBA. Um, they're in a little bit of trouble right now, COVID-wise. They've had to cancel um, three games over the last three days. Uh, Miami-Boston was canceled on Sunday. Uh, Boston had eight players. Miami had seven available. Uh, they decided it wasn't going to be worth it with the COVID protocols. Uh, Philly played a game against uh, Denver on Sunday with only seven players. Uh, they wanted to postpone it. Um, they put uh, Ben Simmons on the injury report that day to try to get under the number. And they were fined $25,000 today for uh, not playing by the rules. Uh, the Pelicans-Mavs game was postponed for today. And the... Uh, Celtics game, Celtics Bulls game is postponed for tomorrow. Uh, there is at least 30 players that are in uh, protocol having to be isolated. Um, I, man, it's starting to become a bit of a mess. They were able to get uh, fairly unscathed after that first COVID outbreak. Uh, but uh, wow, it's really exploded uh, this past weekend. I kind of expected it to happen because. If you look at the NBA schedule right now, they're going at breakneck speed, my yeah. friend. They're, 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 they're playing games like it, it's, it's like it's their last day on the planet. You know what I mean? Like there's games every day, every day. So that means these guys are kind of on the road all the time now. And how even with 
the most stringent protocols that you can have, and I've said this before, but even with the NFL, if you're on flights, you're going to different states, you're going into different arenas, there's too many variables for you to account for for them to be utterly and completely safe. Yes, the, the, the players can be taken upon themselves to try everything that they possibly can, but I'm sorry, you still can't account for everything. You can try, it's just not going to work. And especially with the rampant numbers that you have in the States and in every state, really? No. Really? Yeah, I'm not surprised that this is happening. And I'm sure the league will do their best to try to uh, mitigate like the, the cost of not having these games or the adjustments they have to make. At the end of the day, this is just something that you're just going to have to navigate and try to get through. January 8th was the last day that I saw COVID numbers. I didn't have anything on the weekend. I didn't see anything from today. But January 8th, take a guess on how many positive COVID tests there was in the U.S. Oh, man. I better think of a large number. Uh, 100,000? Under 25,000? Three times your first guess. 300,000. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, I guess that's it right there. I guess that, that, that tells you where they're at right now. Can you believe that 300,000 people in one day test positive? 300,000 people in one day. Like, that to me is just absolutely shockingly mind-blowing. And I cannot believe they're not in 100% lockdown when numbers like that. Like, how is this country not under complete and total lockdown or under complete collapse? Like, how is it possible that that many people in one day can, can get COVID? They've already had 375,000 deaths down there and 300,000 in a day. Uh, it's, it's so scary. It's so out of control. I, I, I just I shake my head every time there's any reports coming out of the U.S. with COVID. It's just, it's just horrible. It, it is horrible. It is horrible. So now, now my question is, what do you expect the players to do if they're surrounded by COVID all the time? What do you expect them to do? What do you want them to do? You ex like, what do you expect? This is what is going to happen. Your numbers are out of control in your own country. You can't get away from it yeah. unless you do a complete lockdown and you bubble it again. That's the only way that you get through this without having to worry about COVID. That's it. You bubble. But yeah. if you don't bubble, you're going to get COVID. And that's just they, the end of the story. I hope they can, I hope they can bubble it. Yeah. Cause you know, there was no cases in the NBA bubble. Uh, they were able to pull it off. Uh, they have to reduce the you know length of the season a bit. Uh, maybe ha you know have two three weeks in, one week out or something. I don't know, but geez, this is just this is ridiculous. Um, there was uh, you know I just looked at the, the the Sixers roster and it was just incredible. They were using a forward as a, as a point guard because they had no guards. Uh, <laughs> they had Seth Curry was out. Uh, Terrence Ferguson was uh, personal reasons. Tobias Harris uh, protocols, uh, Shake Milton protocols. Uh, ben Simmons, uh, oh, they said Ben Simmons <laughs> had swelling of his knee. Ty Bull was out. Embiid was out. 
uh, over and over and over and over and over. Like, it's just ridiculous. Seven players, you can't have a game. It's, it's, it's a complete farce. They, they lost to Denver. Of course they did. They, they couldn't pull it off. Uh, Philly has games this week. They, they only have eight available players over the next few games. Boston uh, has three games between Tuesday and Friday. They had to cancel Tuesday already. I don't see them playing the rest of the games this week. Uh, Miami's supposed to play Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, they have a very minimal amount of guys. Uh, this is also going to uh, contribute to injuries. Uh, you're, going, you're getting guys that have not played 25, 35, 40 minutes and suddenly expecting them to be able to handle that kind of minutes. Uh, it's good. Injuries are going to decimate rosters and this COVID as well. Uh, this just—it's not going to be able to be pulled off, I don't believe. And, and uh, yeah, they're going to have to bubble it up and, and and go forward that way. There's no way. I just don't see it possibly happening. And especially like, okay, so you only have a certain number of players usually per per team, and they usually extended, like you said, 17. Maybe now they got to extend that to 25. But now if they even do that, don't you go way over your salary cap? Like. Yeah way over the salary cap and that's just to get these other guys that it's like hey man you, you ever thought about playing the nba now's your chance <laughs> now is your chance to play because i i don't know because you have to remember this is still a professional sports league it can't look like a pickup game you know and that's what some of these games are going to turn into where it's just like i just got a bunch of guys on the court i think what what is that team? Is that, is that the 76ers? They don't look like the 76ers, but I think that's the 76ers. All right. Well, I, I guess we'll watch and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's too bad. Um, yeah, I wish we weren't having to talk about this, but uh yeah, there's just con- constantly in the last three days, it's just been uh all they're really talking about in the NBA. But why don't we touch on some of the other subjects? Um uh the Brooklyn Nets have been surprising me. They're only five and six on the year. Uh, Kyrie Irvin has opted out for the last three games. Nobody knows why. Uh, no answers so far. Uh, KD missed three games because of COVID protocols. Came in, he had a really great game last night, but they still lost. Um, yeah, what? I don't know. Maybe it is because uh, those two superstars are in and out of the lineup. But uh, yeah, they're struggling badly, and I didn't. I didn't expect that. I. Okay, I I oh we 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 both talked about this. We knew that Kyrie would do something eventually. I just didn't think it would be this quick. You know, like I I just I, did they just start playing? <laughs> like yeah. wow, man, was did that ever turn very quickly? I have no idea what the heck is going on. Um, the uh, the Nets are definitely not talking about it, but something is definitely going on there in the background. And I don't, we don't, nobody knows what it is. I hope it's not just Kyrie just doing some weird Kyrie stuff. And if it's something personal, I hope that he's able to um, figure out whatever it is. All right. But at the end of the day, I hope he's able to come back to the team and come back with like a, a clear mind and body and continue to play great because he has been playing stellar basketball up yeah. until the point where he's decided not to play anymore. So I guess we shall see where the Nets are in the next coming weeks and see if, if he actually comes back to play. Yeah. 
Um, okay, top of the East, um, Celtics are seven and three. Pacers are six and three. Uh, 76ers are seven and four. Bucks had a big win tonight. They're eight and four. Um, yeah, the teams that are sort of expected to be up there are up there, but the Raptors are second worst in the conference, sitting at two and seven. Uh, they're looking pretty good this last couple games, but still taking losses. Um, wow. I'm shocked that after nine games, they only have two wins. I'm shocked too. I'm shocked too. I, I didn't think that the changes to the roster would just have such a fundamental shift in how they approached or played the game, which it, it literally kind of has. Uh, I'm a little bit worried now because I don't know if they can get it back on track. This could be a problem. This could mm -hmm. be a major, major problem. I, I do have the utmost confidence in Nick Nurse that he will do whatever's possible with the roster that he has to try to eke out some wins. But at the same time, I think there, there, there's some fundamental things that just are not matching up with this Raptor squad right now. And yeah. number one is their, their defensive pressure is just not where it used to be. It just isn't. Something uh, changed in your audio. You're sounding um, different. Oh, uh, okay. I, I didn't do anything. Do I still sound okay? No, you sound like you're in a little bit of a cave or something. It's kind of weird. Oh, okay. I, I know. Oh, okay. Talk again? Okay. Uh, that sounds better. That sounds better. Okay. Small okay. adjustment, whatever you did. Okay. Uh, All right. Another team that's... um. Near near the bottom of the East is the Wizards. Uh, that trade has not worked out well for John Wall for Russell Westbrook. Uh, Westbrook is expected to miss at least another week with a quad injury. Um, yeah, they're they're not looking good, and it has not uh, been a good good trade for Washington. Uh, a team that's in the middle of the pack is the Hawks at five and five. Uh, really fun team to watch, uh, but Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh, broke his knee and uh, will be out for an indefinite period of time now. A uh, huge blow for them. That was a that was such a big pickup, um, being uh, such a good outside shooter. Uh, I feel sorry for Atlanta. Uh, uh, they they really looked exciting and fun this year, but a big blow. Yeah, that's a that's a huge blow because Atlanta was able to pick up Bob Donovich after um, the said team screwed up screwed up the sign and trade anyways, right? Yeah. And uh, ah, man, that, that really sucks because he was an instrumental, integral part of that team, for sure. Yeah. Uh. Um, yeah, that, uh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I was, I was uh, sad to see that. Um, I, I, I really like watching the, the Hawks this year and um, yeah, hopefully they, they were able to figure it out. Um, uh, switching back to the Raptors, uh, their small ball lineup uh, looked really good and was able to uh, get some points. Um, they had a, a, a loss last night against Golden State, but they did have a, a last-second shot by Pascal, about 18-footer, that just uh, fell off the rim. But um, that small ball lineup has uh, OG at center, Pascal Siakam at four, at the power forward, Norm Powell, small forward, and then Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet. Uh, they looked great, and they were able to actually hold Steph to only 11 points yesterday on two of 16 shooting. And as he was averaging 30 points a game, 
Um, Fred, Fred was just phenomenal on defending Steph yesterday. I, I, it was something that I noticed and, and was really impressed by. Yeah, well, because, okay, like I would say Toronto's team defense is weaker than what it was, but you still got Kyle Lowry and Fred VanVleet, and those guys are dogs on defense. They will always give you 100% effort every game. Yeah. And Fred VanVleet took the challenge of guarding Steph Curry, greatest shooter in the NBA, and he took it to heart, and he shut him down. Now, that doesn't mean that he's always going to shut him down. He's no. still Steph Curry. But shut him down in that game, and that just shows that the Raptors have the capacity to do this. They have the capacity to get over and start winning games again. I just don't know when it's also going to start clicking for them. I don't know when that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, their two uh, centers have been really disappointing. Uh, Baines and Len have just um, not delivered at all. Chris Boucher, the Canadian, um, very thin, but uh, really been you know, doing quite well when he gets his opportunities. Uh, I don't think Nick Nurse has a lot of confidence that he can handle the, the role full-time quite yet. But, um, yeah, it's too bad that they, these two centers that they acquired uh, really just haven't been able to pull their weight yet. Yeah, I, I, I kind of expected more from Baines. Uh, Len, I don't, know, I don't know where he came from. Uh, I don't know Len. But <laughs> I expected Baines to do more than what, uh, than what he's done thus far. And that, that's been definitely disappointing. Um, maybe, maybe Nick Nurse just goes, well, if we're just going to keep losing games, maybe it's just time for me to throw Chris in and just give him the spot, you know? Because he has been playing well. He has been playing very well. Yeah. Uh, okay, a couple of stories that I want to get to before we end this. Uh, LaMelo Ball was able to get the uh, first triple-double of his career youngest guy to get a triple-double in the NBA. And uh, you, you, I'm going to read off the company that, uh, that he's in. Uh, have you watched uh, some of his games? It's been pretty impressive. The man can pass. I'm going to – I will say that. He is a fantastic passer. Like, yeah, that, that, is, that is the one thing of his game that utterly stands out to me. The most nice. he's a great passer there's some of his passes i'm just gonna say this he's not that player but i'm gonna say this reminds me of magic johnson some nice. of the passes that he makes and it's been that impressive so i'm gonna give him that the man can pass uh they had uh, a really great matchup with his brother lonzo um earlier in the week and uh he he came one assist short of a triple double in that game uh, but uh, the, the following game, he's only 19 years old, uh, 19 years, 140 days. Uh, and so the other guys on the list were Markel Fultz, Luka Doncic, Lonzo Ball, and LeBron James. Uh, three guys did it uh, before their 20th birthday. Lonzo did it uh, 15 days into his 20th year. And LeBron James did it 20 games into his 20th year. Uh, pretty elite company that he's on, and he's the youngest to ever get it. He had 22 points, 12 rebounds, and 11 assists in Charlotte's uh, third straight win as they beat Atlanta 115-105 yesterday. Uh, man, uh, yeah, really fun to watch. 
they showed some viral video of him uh, facing Lonzo in the backyard, and he uh, put Lonzo on the ground with one of his moves. And as soon as he put, put, put the ball through the hoop, he said, that's it, I retire. He ran into the house. <laughs> and, uh, you know, three and a half years is a big difference when you're a teenager. And it was probably the first time he ever did that to Lonzo. And uh, it was a cool viral video that uh, really got a lot of airplay over the weekend. It's cool. Like, I, I love it when the brothers do that. I don't, I don't like it so much when dad gets in on the act. I just... <laughs> hey, I, I get it. Dad can be proud. He should be proud. He de- but he's just, oh, man, he's a lot to take. He's a lot. That LeVar ball is a lot to take. But he should be proud that his sons are doing so well. And yeah. especially LaMelo because there's a lot of question marks about LaMelo when he was coming into the league. A lot. And so far, he's proving his doubters wrong, which is good to see. Uh, there was a, uh, a fight yesterday uh, between Markeith Morris and Boogie Cousins, and Boogie ended up getting kicked out. Uh, he now holds the distinction for the second most ejections ever in NBA history at 16, way behind uh, the leader at number one, good old Rasheed Wallace. Yes. <laughs> Thirty ejections for Rashid. Uh, he never, uh, he never committed a foul according to him in his whole entire career. He'd get on the referees. He would uh, knock guys down, and then, uh, yeah, hit the showers early. I don't think he uh, finished very many games in his career. He was a hothead. Uh, so Boogie's got a long, long way to go to break this record. But he's got time. He's got time though, which is good to see, right? Like he's he's got time. He can try to get there. But yeah, Rashid, Rashid just he just had an acrimonious relationship with the refs. They didn't see didn't see eye to eye, or at least they didn't see what he was seeing. They never saw what he was seeing, actually, ever. <laughs> yeah. Always made me laugh. Uh, hilarious guy. And yeah, he definitely he <laughs> complained a lot and yeah, had a lot of early showers. Uh, let's talk about the West super briefly. Um, uh, Lakers and Clippers are the top. Uh, Suns have the same record as the Clippers. Uh, Kawhi Leonard scored a career high uh, at 21 points in the third quarter yesterday in their win over Chicago, 131-27. Um, yeah, everybody talked last year about the, the two L.A. teams being the, the elite of the elite, and um, a lot of people didn't expect the Clippers to be up there again this year, but um, doing well and uh, looking good. Uh, those top four teams, Lakers, Clippers, Suns, and Jazz, uh, all having a really great start to the year. Actually, the Warriors are the same record as the Jazz, too, six and four. Um, yeah, pretty good to see um, some of these teams emerging as uh, the, the beasts of the West. Yeah, especially the Suns, because I, I think as we talked about it, I was super impressed with their run in the bubble, yeah. where they went 8-0, where you saw – the potential of the Phoenix Suns. And then they just amped that up to the extreme by getting Jay Crowder and Chris Paul as part of their squad now. Now now they got a real chance. They got a real chance to really make some noise in the playoffs as long as they stay healthy or maybe I should say healthier than everybody else. If you can just stay a little bit healthier than everybody else, I think you're going to give yourself a great chance of making the playoffs. 
Yeah. Uh, the Rockets are second worst in the conference, three and five record, uh, not looking good. Uh, really have, um, yeah, fallen on hard times. John Wall's playing well. James Harden's uh, hit and miss, but um, yeah, not not a good start for them. Um, Mavericks are middle of the road, five and four. Blazers five and four. Uh, Raptors are um, winning by five points over the Blazers as we speak. Um, yeah, anything else uh, that you want to talk about in the Western Conference? No, I, the only thing I want to say is that uh, you know what, the Clippers have a lot to prove this year. Um, actually, more more to the point, Paul George has a lot to prove this year because he seems to be one to not take responsibility for whatever he's done. So. Let's see what he does going forward, and I look forward to seeing how he plays come playoffs because I know that the Clippers are going to make the playoffs. They're going to be right there again. So let's see if he falls off a cliff again or if he plays well. Hopefully yeah. he plays well. Yeah, I have the exact uh, statistics in front of me now. Um, 314,093 COVID cases in the U.S. on January 8th. Uh, here in Canada, we had uh, a thousand, um, just 375,000 deaths. But uh, when they shut the NBA down on March 16th, there was 206 COVID cases. Uh, so um, I can't believe it. It's an eight to ten billion dollar business, though. And uh, U.S., um, you know, money is everything. Uh, they don't seem to care about their citizens as much as they should. Uh, money seems to talk most of the time. And, um, I, you know, they have to go to a bubble or, or we're just going to be, uh, yeah, seeing a lot of craziness this whole entire year. Yeah, and also, too, you know what, maybe the, the new guy that's going to be coming into office is going to, put in uh, stricter regulations when it comes to how the country governs COVID going forward, because this guy that's in right now doesn't seem to care all that much. All right. So we'll see if there's going to be a major change in the next coming weeks once he takes office. Yeah. Yeah. I think it can't come soon enough. Obviously that fiasco, uh, uh, the Capitol building, uh, one last nail in the coffin on on that um, presidential uh, legacy. And, um, yeah, everybody just can't wait for a change, I don't think. Uh, I think everybody's just welcoming it and hoping that things can uh, get back to more uh, a better country, a better, uh, yeah, better normal. Yeah, uh, like a way better normal. Like, like, like a tremendously better normal than what they, they're experiencing right now. Because what they're experiencing right now, that's not what America's supposed to represent at all. Okay, before we sign off, it's uh, 72-67 Toronto against Portland. Six minutes to go in the third. And let's check on the national championship college football. Uh, we got a commercial. but uh, Anyway, man, this was great. Uh, thanks so much. A uh, lot of fun watching the, the football. Uh, the basketball, I'm I'm enjoying, yeah, definitely periodically. But uh, when you're, you know, seeing these teams getting decimated, it's just not the same. You're not getting to see these stars 
Uh, you're not getting to see the proper teams pull together. It's becoming a bit of a farce, and it's uh, making me pull away a little bit from the NBA. Uh, NHL season starts on on Wednesday, so a lot of focus is going to be uh, turned to the attention there. And uh, we've got the UFC coming up on Saturday. So, um, yeah, we'll see if the NBA can pull things together. Uh, it's 52-24 Alabama. Uh, yeah, it looks like, um, yeah, they've wrapped up their seventh national championship in the last 13 years. So what a dynasty. Yeah, what a dynasty. Nick Saban must be like, man, I'm making this look really easy. All I got to do is get the best players in the country to come to my team. Ah, no, I, this easy. This easy. I do this every year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Well, hey, man. Uh, pleasure as always. I uh, hope you have a really great week ahead. I uh, hope you get to stay inside out of the rain and and uh, keep in touch. Uh, yeah, let's um, let's talk next week. Oh yeah, definitely. Let's talk next week. I enjoy doing this, especially with my partner all the time. And yeah, I plan to stay very dry and very warm through work for this week. And I hope you do the same as well, my friend. Yeah, did I, uh, did I send you the, um, the screenshot of uh, we've reached the top 10 globally for best hosted podcast? Uh, did you see that yet? Yes, yes, you did send me that. And I, oh, I, couldn't, awesome. be, I couldn't be happier. I couldn't be happier, man. Yeah, that was thrilling. I, I really appreciate your, all your help getting us there. And uh, I'm sure a lot more uh, accolades will come over the over the coming year here. Uh, I think 2021 is going to be a fantastic year for us. And, and uh, yeah, I, I, I look forward to this every week. Thanks so much, man. It, uh, it is uh, the best uh, hour, uh, hour and a half of my week. And I appreciate all your hard work. Thanks so much. And and uh, yeah, have a great week ahead, man. We'll uh, we'll talk through the week, I'm sure. Oh yeah, you definitely for sure. And uh, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity. So thank you very much. Okay. All right. Cheers, buddy. Take care. Have Take a good care. night. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay. Well, uh, we've reached uh, the conclusion of another weekend wrap up. Uh, that was a fantastic. Uh, hour, I guess an hour and a half, something like that. Uh, really fun. Um, yeah, the football's been fantastic. Basketball's having their challenges. Uh, all the leagues have, but I think basketball's in uh, some really deep water right now. We'll see what uh, what comes out of it in the next uh, coming days, week or so. Um, but uh, yeah, the football was fun. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, thanks so much to our partners and sponsors. Thanks so much for all the support. I want to say a shout out to my niece and nephew they are in the midst of their summer holidays in australia and uh, they've i guess got another couple of weeks uh, before they have to go back to school so i hope you enjoyed your time on the shore and i look forward to talking to you soon uh, take care of, of yourself love you lots enjoy bye for now <laughs>